joined tonight by uh, new Illini guys, football beat writer and uh, Illinois expert, Matthew Stevens. Matt joins the Illini guys after some time with Sports Illustrated. He's been all over. I'm going to let him tell you about himself a little more than uh, than me talking about him because, you know, he, he probably knows himself better than me better than I do. So anyway, Matt is, uh, Matt joins us. He is, uh, we're really excited to have him on our Illini guys, uh, platform. Uh, Matt's going to be covering football in the fall. He's going to help out with basketball. He's doing a little bit of everything. He's worked his tail off already in this first week, uh, a bunch of stories and we've had a bunch of stories. So Matt, tell me, uh, tell me how, are, are you excited to join, come on board with Illini guys and what, what are your thoughts? Well, first of all, uh, Brad, I was told in my contract that I still get to sit next to you at State Farm Center for basketball games. That's still part of the deal. If people don't know, you like Brad and I have sat courtside in non-COVID years at State Farm Center side by side. I still think that that should be a policy. Um, yeah, I've been doing this quite a while. I'm 36 years old. I've been doing this quite a while. Um, I've covered, been a beat writer for... Let's see now, four different schools. Uh, let's go through it. Mississippi State, Auburn, Purdue, and now Illinois. Uh, the key is I'm actually still, I'm back home. When I took the job at my previous employer covering Illinois, um, I was back home. I'm born and raised in Danville, um, lived in Ogden, uh, and didn't leave the state of Illinois until I went to, uh, till, uh, I started high school and my dad got a job in Wisconsin, started living up there came back to Illinois for college. And I, I'm a, just like our boss, Brad, Larry Smith, I am a graduate of Eastern Illinois University. Um, so after that, I got sent down south and started covering sports in the SEC. And, and then eventually I've kind of mirandered my way back home. Um, and now I'm in my 15th year of covering college athletics. And I finally got back to where I was born. So <laughs> I don't know what that says about me, but maybe it's maybe I'm doing it right and maybe I'm doing it wrong but yeah this is my uh this will be my second and a half year covering football I got started at my former employer right in the middle of the 2019 season they were two and four when I started on the beat and I joked with Kent Brown that by the like it was a long time before I saw an Illinois loss which <laughs> that that's not been said by a lot of beat writers before um, especially in football and yes. they go to a bowl game yeah, and that's they go to a bowl game my first year, and and then uh, uh, I thought I was going to get to cover a pretty cool NCAA or Big Ten tournament run for basketball and an NCAA tournament run, and then COVID happened. So, um, yeah, this will be my third football season. Be my second of like, well, no, it'll be my third basketball season once the winter starts, and uh, I couldn't be more excited to be associated with everything you guys are doing at Illini guys. So hope this works out. And I, I pretty, pretty darn sure it will. Yeah. We're excited to have you, man. It really, uh, I know I'm excited because that's, that's one, one more guy to, to with me there. Uh, the, so um, another guy who's like local, you know, can get, get into town and things like that. So it's really good to have you on board. You know, obviously you start off, you jump in and then we got a bunch of football news the first day, our first week here. We've got, you know, six kids entering the transfer portal in the last 24 hours. It sounds worse than it is because, in my opinion, it's like six kids had to enter the transfer because they have to do it by July 1. And, and these are kids we've kind of known. Right. We've Actually, you and I, I think we exchanged in a text message group. We'd already talked about these kids probably not coming back before they were announced. So the, what are your thoughts on the kids who entered the portal today? 
to be honest, Brad, if we if we go all the way back to the start of spring ball with Brett Bielema, and if you'd have told me then that on July 1st, it was going to be eight player casualties, essentially, player attrition casualties, I would have thought that number was really low, really, really low. Um, this is one of those deals where I, I need to explain it to people that this was not, and I tried to on our board, as people know, I'll do it again here on this podcast. This was not bloody Tuesday. Okay. Every one of these eight kids knew they weren't coming back. And the way it works is, is this, and it's, it's real simple. Like Brad, you've had kids play college sports at, at certain levels. Like if a coach brings you in and you go, look, you can stay here if you want to, but you will not play. I cannot play you. And there are certain kids who stay because you can't have 85 all Americans and they become really good depth pieces eventually once they become upperclassmen. Um, but some kids that's not an interest, they're, they're not interested in that and they go look for opportunities elsewhere. That's every one of these eight kids made that decision. Now, some of them, two of them made them immediately after spring ball. I have to believe Brad that the other six made that decision after spring ball too. It's just a matter of when they wanted to announce it. There are some scheduling deals that had to happen. They had to have a, they had to have a new updated roster by July 1st. So, you know, there's a, there's, there's a reason why this happened today, but it didn't all just happen today. It's just, there's eight kids that aren't on this roster anymore when they put out the new roster and ho-hum, like now they're in the transfer portal, like everybody else. So those eight kids now have an opportunity to play somewhere else immediately in the 2021 season because they got in the transfer portal by July 1st. And Brett Bielema now has eight less scholarships on his team, which Lord heavens, Brad, I, I still haven't figured out how that man's going to get back down to 85 by the 2022 season, but um, he'll figure it out. But this is, this is eight different, this is eight spots now that he has, he has less that, that he has to deal with. And, uh, you know, I, as of right now, Brad, of the eight, two of them have played in their Illini career, two. And some, I would say of all, all eight of them are just not scheme fits to what Brett Bielema and his staff want to do. Of the four offensive linemen, they're just not good fits. Kyron Cumbie is probably the guy that everybody is familiar with because he's played the most. He's not a scheme fit. He's not, he, he doesn't have a position. He doesn't have a, he doesn't have a position at running back. He's not a Brett B. Lima type running back. He doesn't have a position at, at wide receiver because there's just, there's just too many slot guys that are in front of him. Same goes for James Frenchie. I think he's, I think James Frenchie is a solid acquisition for somebody, especially at the mid-major FBS level, but here at Illinois, he's got four guys in front of him at slot receiver now with Isaiah Williams and Marquise Beeson, Donnie Navarro, all at the slot. James Frenchie wasn't going to play all that much at 5'9", 175 pounds. And I have a good indication that the Trinity Catholic kids were all told by the previous staff and the one retention guy, Corey Patterson, on Bielema's staff now, that they were going to play pretty, pretty early. That's not the case anymore. And so James Frenchie now is a pretty darn good athlete that somebody's going to want. And if you're judging by his offers coming out of high school, um, he's, he's still a very, very talented athlete. I would say James for one that I think I have no doubt he'll, he'll land somewhere and, and I think be a productive player. Uh, 
And then there was two defensive linemen that now, since Brett's going to go to a three, four, it's a, this doesn't work. You know, uh, Trayvon Riggins is a guy I think could have worked at defensive end. Um, one of the defensive end spots, but I'm sure he wasn't going to play now that you've got so many super seniors that are coming back on that defensive line slash outside linebacker spot. And Anthony Shipton was never going to work in a three, four. He's just not big enough to play the nose at 280 pounds and a defensive tackle in a three, four. There's just not a lot of room for a guy that's only 280 pounds. Who's a, who's a Juco transfer who didn't play last year that can work in a, in a three, four. So a lot of these guys had to know after spring that they weren't going to see a whole lot of the field the rest of their Illini career. That's why they're going to move on. Yeah, I think a lot of times we get caught up in that we, we get to know these guys in the recruiting process and because they're ranked a three-star or four-star or whatever they are, we kind of get excited about them. But that doesn't mean anything once you get on college campus. How you fit, how you get in that roster is obviously extremely important. Now we have, speaking of fit, we have a lot of kids, not just people when the new roster came out, you know, these guys had to get in the portal by July 1 so they could play this fall if they want to play somewhere else. But there's another aspect to this. The new football roster comes out July 1. And, um, you know, they, they put this out and it looks, we got a lot of position changes. And we knew about some of them. We talked about Isaiah Williams moving to wide receiver, Karan Taylor moving to safety. We've got a few other position changes. Are there any positions changes that stand out to you? Well, the Isaiah Williams one stood out to me during the spring. I, I I feel like the I feel like the quarterback thing with Isaiah had to end, and it had to end as quickly as possible um, because it just it wasn't again it's not a fit. I mean he he is not somebody who in a Brett Bielema type system is solid at taking the snap from center, planting his back foot on third and eight, making you a throw that you feel like you can move the chains on. That's not. Isaiah's game it's never going to be Isaiah's game don't look now though but he could be the starting slot wide receiver come the season opener against Nebraska on August 28th because Lord knows Illinois wide receiver depth is 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 not real great and um he's essentially being tasked with beating Donnie Navarro out of the slot wide receiver position and and judging by his athletic ability he should be able to do that uh I thought the Karan Taylor thing was interesting in the sense that I think this could be a good move for Karan because again, DB is not real plentiful, especially later on down the line when you get past maybe the first team defense at Illinois and Karan Taylor is a heck of an athlete. And once again, he was never going to, it took a COVID massacre for him to see the field against (laughs) Purdue. Um, Well, that's nothing against Karan. Like, he has a lot of skills. It's just Quran, like, like the book on Quran was very, very simple. He has all, he has all the tools that you would want out of a quarterback. He simply just throws it to the other team. Yes. Or gives the ball to the other team. Yeah. And that's a big problem. And I, and they, they nobody, even the previous coaching staff was, was convinced we can coach that out of him. So you move him to a very athletic skill position type position at maybe like a free safety I like it I think if, if it's ever if it's ever going to work for Karan at Illinois this is what's going to have to happen for him and for him to make that move and he's always been a kid Brad that has always been very adamant I want to be here and I want to make this work and for no other reason than Karan Taylor wants to leave Champagne with a degree from the University of Illinois and who can blame him um, 
now I think Karan athletically is in a position where he might be able to help the football team. Yeah. And I, I, I like the idea that, and, and that's the best of both worlds. I think that he could be a guy where Brad, where Brett Bielema eventually points to and says, here's a guy that sacrificed what he initially, what he initially wanted for the greater good of the football team. And, could be a nice depth piece in the secondary once he starts to get his feet wet with, with uh, Aaron Henry and some of those DB coaches at Illinois. And, and, you know, people forget that because 2020 didn't count, Quran has three years left of eligibility and that's plenty of time to get somebody in a transition like that. 2020 might be a complete wash for Quran because he's going to have to learn a completely new system and a completely new, new position. But by 2022 and 2023, you might have a nice depth piece in your secondary. And, and that's, that's saying something and, you know, when, you're, when you're looking at it from Brett Bielema's perspective that I'm not going to be able to solve this with a recruiting class or two. You know, I, I have to be able to move the chess pieces around. Yeah, I think it's important. To, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about watching Illinois not have the same athletes maybe that other teams have. And when you have guys like Williams and Taylor and you can get them on the field, whether it's offense, defense, whatever it is, I think it's really important to get your athletes on the field. And I agree with you completely. I think Isaiah Williams can be a monster in the slot. I really think he's got the potential to be that elusive guy. You can use him in so different, so many different ways, whether it's coming over the middle, where it's, you know, what it is, just get him the ball in space and he can create. I mean, he's just such an athletic kid. So uh, very electric. We saw that when he's playing quarterback. I mean, the problem was he just can't throw the ball. I mean, you know, I mean, nothing against him. He's just not, right. uh, not, not going to be a drop, you know, five-step drop quarterback. It's just not going to work. Seven he's step never going to be accurate enough to, to play in a pro-style system that Brett wants to play in at quarterback. Now, is he athletic enough to be a poor man's version at Illinois of Rondell Moore? Yes, he is. He absolutely is. And if you're Brett Bielema, you are now scheming, and you're Tony Peterson, the offensive coordinator, you are scheming to about ways to get number one the football. You just are. And the reason is, Brad, is because uh, this wide receiver crew that Illinois is bringing in in 2021 is not plentiful. I mean, Josh Ramirez-Bebe is gone. Casey Washington's still not on this roster. Um, the amount of catches that left the 2020, <laughs> see, the 2020 team, which didn't have a whole lot of catches, is is mystifying to me and you know you're you're relying on if you're if you're to use some football lingo your ex wide receiver which is your way outside wide receiver probably brian hightower who hasn't really done a whole lot at illinois and didn't do a whole lot at miami and is still kind of basing everything you have on high school potential and star rating who is but isn't the kind of at, there's a re reason why Donnie Navarro was a walk-on and he with the Devon Navarro started his career at Valpo um, and has been proven to be a quality slot receiver in, in the big 10. And then not much else. I mean, Kamari Taylor, Kamari Thompson has to be a guy that steps up if you want another outside receiver. But if you're, if you're Tony Peterson right now, you're, you're, you're scheming all different kinds of ways that you can get number one, the football. And that's Isaiah Williams. And, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I, I would investigate every kind of way that Jeff Brom got Rondell Moore the football and try to do that out of what you want to run at Illinois. And I, I do think that Isaiah has the athletic ability and has the quick twitch capabilities of being a poor man's version of Rondell Moore here at Illinois. And as he reminded everybody, Brad, 
when he did his media availability last week, that young man has four years of eligibility remaining. <laughs> and it's because of everything that's happened with COVID. Um, if, if you can get Isaiah Williams three years at wide receiver, I, I, I and the, 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 I'll, I add this one last piece. You would think Isaiah Williams would know the playbook pretty well. So in yes. or, so by knowing the playbook, you would think playing quarterback. So you would think I moving Isaiah around as like a chess piece is not going to bother him because he already knows where he's supposed to be and where all of his receivers are supposed to be anyway. So I, I think this is a great move for by Brett Bielema. I think I think it's a move that should have been made earlier. And I think it's a, a, a testament to Isaiah to realize this is probably my future in football and, and why not start it now? Yep. I agree. Yeah. This is uh obviously football is exciting. You know, we, we love football at Illinois, you know, but, but it's still, I, I hate to say this and I don't take anything the wrong way, but basketball, it's still a basketball school, even in June and July right now, we're Football season is only a couple months away, but we're still talking basketball recruiting and filling out the Illinois basketball roster. So switching gears a little bit, we've got a Illinois had a busy June. You know, they've got a new staff. Um, you know, Chester Frazier, Jeff Alexander have hit the ground running on recruiting, had a ton of visits from kids, you know, in-state kids, um, some kids from out of state. But and then they today, of course, they added another piece to the staff. Now, this is not going to be just so everyone's clear. This is not a recruiting assistant. It's not even the assistant to the head coach. It's a brand new position, director of recruiting and scouting. Basically, they're going to watch film, break down film. They're going to help when, when kids come on campus on visits, they're going to plan visits and things like that. Basically, that's the job of the new guy is Tyler Underwood. So this is not Miles Smith becoming the linebacker coach. This is, uh, this is Tyler Underwood getting a position because he already has two master's degrees, I believe. So there's really pointless for him to be a grad assistant again and to get another master's degree. So why not have this kid, uh, you know, use his relationships that he has with kids. He did a great job with Andre Corbello last year, helping mentor him. Now he can still kind of be in that role, but also it's a, it's a good resume builder for him. It also really helps the program as they go. And, and Tyler's been out, he got the uh, waiver. So he's been out recruiting actually the last couple weekends um, with the staff right. already. So Matt, what are your thoughts on Tyler getting this job? Brad, does he, does he still get to live at home? Cause I'm, <laughs> I'm sure mom would love that. Like, yeah. please. Um, I mean, like there, there doesn't need to be a housing compartment to this. Like if you're, if you're, if you're the Illinois, if you're you don't have to find housing for Tyler yeah. at the very, very least. Hey, maybe if uh, he's I think getting it's a, a salary, I think it's a, if he's getting a salary, maybe we can move out. Brad might be saying, Hey, you need to move out. It's time for you to be somewhere else. So no, I don't know. It's uh, yeah, yeah it's I, I think Brad, I think Brad, I think, I think mom's going to get outvoted on that one. I think Brad and Tyler will vote to, vote to move out and mom will probably vote that he wants, yeah, he wants him to stay. Exactly. Um, Here's the thing is that I, I think this is, I think this is good for Tyler. I think we all assumed after the COVID year, Brad, that, that Tyler was going to go somewhere else and be a grad assistant anyway. If, if he hadn't have been allowed to play the sixth year, come back for the sixth year anyway, right. that was what Brad is. I, I, I know that after the, you know, the COVID press conference with Brad Underwood and Josh Whitman, we sat there and literally with Brad and, and kind of, you know, chewed the fat a little bit. He said, oh, no, Tyler's trying to get somewhere either at a lower college level or, or a very good high school program so that he can start to his coaching career. And then the COVID stuff happened where, okay, you can come back if you want. And 
Tyler decided he'd give it another go. Um, Cause he knew how, I think he knew how good this team was. He had a, he always had a really close relationship with IO. And when IO decided he wanted to come back, it made sense for Tyler to come back. Uh, but yeah, this is, this is a, this is not Miles Smith coaching the linebackers. This is not Lovey Smith hiring his son to actually be on the field, coaching a very important position. This is Brad Underwood saying, um, I have the ability to create a position that wasn't already there um, specifically for my son. And I'm going to do that. And I, I don't have an issue with it. I, I do think eventually Tyler is going to have to break away from his dad in order to gain some credibility as a coach and as a guy in this profession. But I don't think he has to do it right now. And, and I, I think he's going to gain a lot of by everything that his what he can do on campus as, as, as a non-recruiting assistant. And I think that's, that's, that's going to be very valuable for Tyler if he wants to continue to, you know, move up the, the coaching ladder. The, the way I looked at it as, as I was coming home today from Champaign, Brad, is that uh, I think Brad Underwood would have wanted this for his career. Like if you look at Brad Underwood's career and how he made it through, you know, junior college after junior college, and then, assistant job after assistant job and not getting a head coaching job, I think until he was in his fifties, he would have wanted this as a young coach. Well, Tyler gets to have this now because Brad's a head coach at a power five conference school. And um, the, the, this is an opportunity for Tyler and I hope he takes advantage of it. Yeah. I like that. Tyler's a really good guy. Um, you know, just in my, my uh, conversation yeah. with him, really good dude. Um, good, good kid, smart basketball mind, knows the game, very good at scouting, picking guys out. So I think it's a good addition. You got another set of eyes and, and it helps him build his career. I do agree with you. It's probably gonna be a one year thing where he probably takes this year or maybe two years, whatever it is. And then he's going to have to go out and become a real full fledged assistant somewhere, um, at a different school. And, but that's good. I mean, he'll have that on his resume. So that's all good. Now, from a, there's still two openings. They're still going to hire a third assistant coach who's out recruiting. They're going to hire an assistant to the head coach to replace Jeff, who's going to be Jeff Alexander. Um, so they're going to hire those two positions. I think we're just, you know, waiting for that to happen. It's going to happen before, um, before too much longer. At least one of them, I think, is going to happen in the next week. I think we're going to get another one probably, uh, you know, before the recruiting period, and then they're going to get another one later on in July. So, um, but of course, now when we talk visits, while we're filming this or while we're taping this actual podcast that's going to go live. Um, there's a perhaps the most important recruit for Illinois in the in this uh, transfer issue is on campus. And, and I say that because I know that Illinois is, is most excited perhaps about this kid than anybody else in the portal. And that is Dawson Garcia from Marquette, who would be uh, he's in the NC. He's still in the NBA draft process but he's actually on a visit to illinois today um i don't know how much you've studied garcia or looked at him what are your thoughts on uh, dawson garcia and how he'd fit in this roster you know i don't mean to name drop but um again as i was driving home today from from the pritzker nli bill announcement and driving back home i texted a buddy of mine jeff goodman and i asked him two questions i said can darson garcia play the five is he better than omar Payne?" This is Goodman for you. He goes, yes and yes. And if that's the case, I think Illinois has a really good one-two punch at the five because I think 
opening up your season next year with Omar Payne and I don't know who is a bad plan. Um, and I think it's not, it's not the plan that Brad Underwood ever wanted to have. And I think he's trying very, very hard to make that not the plan. Um, and I think that if you open up the year with, with whoever you want, however you want to manage the minutes or whatever, if it's, if it, if, if Illinois can manage to get that one, two punch at the five, I think they're going to be really, really solid. Uh, I think, um, from what I understand, he's, he's, he's a guy that can play the five he's, he's, um, and he's the kind of five that I think they want. I don't think he's a guy that a five that's going to sit in the post for, you know, for however long he's on the floor. I think he's good at, from what I understand from Wojo's offense, he's good in the pick and roll. Um, and I think Illinois guards will like to play with him as, as far as bigs go. But I, what I don't know, Brad, is his interest in Illinois compared to the other schools that are definitely itching to have him. And I don't know how many people do know that, but I do, I do agree with you. I think the coaching staff here is very, very excited about him and very, very intrigued about the possibilities of being able to use him here. And I think he makes Illinois instantly top tier Big Ten program if he decides to come simply because I know what they have on the perimeter. And I think they've fully shored up what they don't have at the four and the five right now because, you know, a big guy named Kofi Coburn is no longer going to be there. Yeah. And of course, his his uh, final decisions got to come in the next week or so. If he if the Illinois is still holding out some glimmer of hope that Kofi could return, um, um, I don't, you know, it's, it's I mean, less... honestly, Brad, like you looked at, I was going to say, Brad, you've looked at Dawson Garcia a lot more than I have. I, I anything that I'm, am I wrong? Like, I think he's, I oh, think no. he's, so I think, I, I think, think it, he's a, I think he's a hand and glove perfect five. I, I think Dawson would start at the four with pain and then he would be the backup five okay. as well. And then I think that you would see him play four and five. I, I think that, uh, you know, if Illinois had their way, if they could just throw out the magic wand, they'd have Kofi come back and Payne back up Kofi and put Garcia at the four, and they could slide him to five when they want to go small. And I mean, but let's, you know, we can all have, you know, magic tricks that we want to do. It doesn't always work out that way. Actually, magically, they'd have like EJ Liddell would have never gone to Ohio State, and then they'd already have the four spot taken care of. But, but right. you know, if we want to go back in time and come up with the magic, uh, you know, unicorns and rainbows and stuff but no I think Garcia would start at the four I think then Coleman Hawkins one thing that we talked to talking to him about Coleman Hawkins and talking to him a little bit they've talked about moving letting him be a four but a stretch five at times too because of his length now obviously you probably don't want him guarding Hunter Dickinson from Michigan but when Michigan takes Dickinson out and they go to like a, maybe right. a smaller five then you can match up with Hawkins so I think there's a lot of I think they're really kind of excited about the um, yeah although they, they would love to have Kofi back I think they're excited about the opportunity to maybe be a little bit more versatile offensively and defensively where you don't have a guy you have every guy who can kind of move and is mobile and can defend you can switch easier on those uh, you know the ball screens with the five man you can you can hedge harder and you don't have to really kind of put you know protect Kofi, I guess, defensively. And then also um, offensively, it allows you, you know, nothing against Kofi, but he's not going to space the floor. I mean, nobody's coming out. If Kofi gets the ball at the top of the key, they're just all going to let him have it. So there's a lot of things that, uh, you know, I think right. there's a lot more, a lot more versatility perhaps offensively by adding someone like Garcia who can stretch the floor, shoot the, shoot the three, be a four, 
be a five and, and do lots of things. I, so I, I think that's why, the, you know, I, I've basically what they've told, what I've heard um, is that uh, Illinois really sees Garcia as a perfect fit um, in, in what they're trying to do. And that's why he's on campus right now. And that's where they're trying to sell it. Now, from what I hear, I think Arizona is in there. I think Illinois is in there. I know North Carolina has been a lot of talk about North Carolina, um, North Carolina, um, from what I hear, they already have two guys um, that want to be there and three guys maybe in that front court. So it's a, it's a crowded group where we're at Illinois, you kind of look and you say, there's a lot of playing time on a team with a fantastic backcourt um, where you could be really good. And uh, right now, I think uh, Bart Torvik, you know, he does the preseason stuff. They've got Illinois at 23rd. If you throw Garcia in, they move into the top, top 15. And I think if you're, you're consistently a top 15 program, that's where you want to be. And they're going to have certain years when you maybe slide up or slide down. But if you can keep that as like your, your uh, kind of your median there, that's pretty good. So I think that's pretty exciting. So, yeah, I would agree. It's what I said with like, I think that they're, I think they're still at the top tier of the big 10 if they get like a kid like Garcia. Yeah. And the reason I feel that way, Brad is, is something that you said in the last podcast with, with Mike and with Ked, uh, I know everybody's really concerned about what Illinois is striking out and swinging and missing in the transfer portal in terms of bigs. They do have one guy coming back named Coleman Hawkins, who I think is going to be really special. And I think people forget that, that Coleman Hawkins is still on this roster. And I, Brad, I think you're hearing the same thing that I'm hearing out of these summer workouts that Coleman Hawkins is just doing. Amazing and they are so they're still so excited at the five only because i i think colin hawkins is gonna see a bulk of minutes at the four i just he's so special and, and i know that like you know you would have loved to have seen you know a, a a another big show up in this transfer portal but i i really don't think they want to take too many minutes away from colin hawkins and what he can do you know just like what you just said on both sides on, on both ends of the floor yeah, and, and you know that's interesting. You mentioned that because that was one of the things that the, from the beginning, what they what I was told was they weren't going to reach to take a guy just to take a guy because they felt like they felt good about Hawkins, um, and so they aren't going to take a guy just who's going to want to play minutes because he's a fifth year, whatever. They're going they want a guy who can come in if they get an impact guy like a Garcia or somebody like that, then obviously you take him. But I mean, if you've if you've got a if you've got a guy who's just average, at you know. Eastern or Western Michigan or something, you're like, he's okay. They, they like Coleman Hawkins better. So you're, that's a, that's kind of one of those things. A lot of us don't, a lot of uh, people on the outside don't see that side of it. And, and they look at a kid, well, he didn't play as a freshman. Well, it was a tough year. What people also don't know is that Coleman Hawkins missed so much of last preseason with COVID, right? So there's a kid who was down with COVID and, and, and he missed all that, all that, the training, the conditioning, the, the workouts. And then you go into the season, it's a, it's a grind. It's a different season and you got to, so it, it was tough. I mean, so it was not a typical freshman year. So now he's gained, you know, I think they said he's gained 20 pounds. He's grown, actually grown an inch since he arrived on campus because he's still developing, you know, physically. And yeah, I'm pretty excited about him. I think he's going to be good this year. I think next, the following year, he's going to be really good. I think his junior year, he's going to, well, I guess it'd be a soft, his COVID sophomore year, I guess would be, he'll be, he'll be uh, really good. So I'm pretty excited about him. So what do you, so we, we talked about, you know, off season and, and different things. And um, I don't know, uh, you know, how much you covered a lot of recruiting, but we get into this July period and 
Man, it's going to be crazy this year because, you know, we saw June with the high school events, but now we go into this AAU season with basketball and we're got, it's just, it's really nuts because we basically, these guys have not been out in July for two years. I mean, they have not been out in this July. It hasn't happened since 2019. So this July period is just going to be just, it's almost like the wild, wild west. It's going to be nuts. It's going to be guys out everywhere. They're going to get all four guys out every day because they want to see as many kids as they possibly can. And, and following that's going to be a lot of fun. I know I'm going to be in Atlanta. Um, they're the, in the July 8th through the 11th in Atlanta area covering all that stuff. So uh, I'm pretty excited about it. How about you? Yeah, I, I know that, you know, you're excited about going down South. I, I, I don't know if we're going to have anybody live there, but, I think this is the first time in two years they're actually going to have Peach Jam in South Carolina, if my understanding is correct. Um, I know the Illinois staff, at least some of the Illinois staff is going to be there. Um, but, I, but I do think that with this, you know, EYBL schedule, that's just kind of trying to be jam packed within, you know, July and first part of August, like you're going to see coaches all over the place. I mean, I don't think Brad Underwood's going to be home for, more than like what for four yeah. days in the Here amount too. of in, in, in the month of July. Like, yeah. I, so I, and, and I, I think Brad, you talked about this again with Ked and Mike in the last podcast, it is hard to convince the normal fans w- how critical this is for Brad to be able to see kids live and, and st- things that you, you, that normal fans, Brad think are stupid. Like how does he re- how does he interact with his teammates? Like, like how does he interact in the huddle? How does he interact with, you know, what happens when, you know, their team is down by five and what's his body language like? Yeah. Those are not things that I don't think he can pick up on, on highlight videos and whatever he's watching on live video from his, from his, from his laptop. And we both know, Brad, that those are two things that Underwood really, really looks at when he, when he terms of trying to evaluate a kid and, and trying to pick against, you know, player A and player B. Yeah. And, and which one do I, do I really want to put at the top of my list? I, I really feel like Chester's the same way too. Like he's the guy that needs to, needs to look at kids and go, just because of his nature of how he, he's always conducted himself, I need to understand what's under that hood of the kid. And I can't figure that out via live stream video. I just can't. Yep. Um, and so this is going to be critical for them and they're going to have to make some determinations quickly about kids. Maybe that either a, they've already offered or B that they're thinking about offering later on that maybe like our 23 and 24 kids and that they're going to see. And, and there's, there's just going to be so many, you know, whether it's EYBL or some, some other form of summer basketball tournaments that, that I think they're going to be at day after day after day. Yep. So and that's, I'll be at, in Atlanta. They've got the NY2LA event, which will have some guys, you know, especially the mid-pro guys for in-state, you know, Owen Freeman, Ty Pence. Some of those guys have been offered. Then they're going to have uh, also in Atlanta, they've got the Under Armour, which is the only Wolves program. You've got Jaden Shoot, Braden Huff, uh, guys they just offered. And, and you mentioned seeing kids live. There's a kid who Illinois hadn't seen live was the Huff kid, Braden Huff from uh, Glenbird West, who has also played the Illinois Wolves, 6'9", 6'10", lefty, can really shoot it, athletic, you know, but not not like crazy athlete, but nice, smooth, fluid athlete, plays inside out. Underwood saw him live, and he just, like, was like, I, I, from what I understand, according to talking to, you know, Wolves coaches and players, like, he was like, 
why why haven't we been all over this kid? This is like the perfect kid for us. We love this kid. And so that's one example of you just, you, you get more from seeing him live. And I had Brad on my podcast, you know, a while back after the season. And we, we talked a little bit about seeing kids live and how excited he was to see them live. Because just like you mentioned, there's so many things you can tell from watching them live that you can't see on, you know, nothing against Baller TV, who I actually, we have a subscription to Baller TV so we can watch them, but it's not the same as being in the gym and watching those kids from the sideline. So anyway, hey, you know what uh, I'll tell you? You know what I'll tell you? Go ahead. You know what I'll tell you, Brad, is that Brandon Huff is the perfect example because I know you're a former employer and let's say another recruiting service called 24 seven. He's not, he doesn't have a star rating. You know why he doesn't have a star rating? Cause nobody's been out to see him live period. And so, like, I think a lot of Illinois fans looked at that kid and went, like, why is Illinois looking at a kid that doesn't even have a star rating yet? Like, this is why recruiting has just been so crazy right now, because there's any kids that just haven't even been evaluated by the normal online evaluators, let alone college coaches. Like, Brandon Huff is going to have 50 Power 5 conference schools wanting him immediately, and Technically, according to rivals in 247, he's a zero star kid still. Like, yeah. so the, this, these evaluation periods are just going to be crazy when you start to see kids, you know, jump the scene and start to jump up recruiting rankings simply because they just haven't been seen. Brandon Huff's never been seen by anybody before what, June 1st? Yeah. And now and, he's exploding onto the scene. Like, well, and, and that's the I, I think it's great for the kids because I, I, I regret, I regret the kids that weren't even able to get out last summer and, and maybe couldn't get looked at. Yep. And, and you look at those kids and kids in Illinois had it worse too, because they played what 12 high school games, maybe in the spring with nobody in the stands. So it was like, you know, you know, again, you could watch it on NFHS, but it's not quite the same excitement as, uh, you know, being there, not quite the same thing, you know, so, it's tough. And so I'm excited to get out in July. And um, so I'm excited to watch some of these things. So, well, Matt, I, hey, I really appreciate you coming on. I really am excited to have you on board at Illini Guys. Uh, you know, we obviously, uh, it's a, you know, we're a website that started in January and we've just, uh, we're really excited, thankful to all of, all of our subscribers, um, the way they've, you know, jumped in and joined on. Uh, we have so many exciting new things, you know, Matt, of course, being a the, the latest. And then of course, uh, we've got some new uh, radio things that are going on. We've got a lot of multimedia stuff happening and, uh, you know, just across the, across the board. And I know guys like, you know, Larry, Mike, Chris, uh, myself, Carl, we're, we're all very excited to have uh, someone with your talent for writing on board, Matt. So uh, thanks again for coming on. And you, anything you want to say to the Illini Nation before we check out? Hope you enjoy the coverage. And like Brad just said, there are a lot of things like my ball, my new bosses won't tell me are coming down the pike yet because they don't want me to know. So I'm really excited just like you guys are as subscribers to see what's coming down the pike from a multimedia standpoint, because I think it's going to be really, really cool. Yep, very excited. So once again, thanks Matt Seamus for joining us on Sturdy for 30. And uh, we'll see you next week uh, with, a, with another edition. Thanks Brad.